so much pride in that. I know a lot of individuals in the industry, building industry, they love to take you down a tour of the things that they've had a hand in or a finger yeah. in. And at the end of the day, if you love your job and you have pride in what you do, it's a life worth living. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast. Today I'm joined by Billy from Tri-County Pumps. Billy, how's it going? It's going good, Pat. So today we're going to talk about millennials, right? Millennials and trade work? Yeah, millennials and trade work. It's a hot topic. It's something I think a lot of people have opinions on, and I think I have a couple of ideas about where it's gotten to where it is. I'm really curious as to what you found about it. To tell you the truth, when it comes to the trade division and the workforce, it's definitely declining at a, a pretty steady rate. And I think over the next few years, it's going to be at a more rapid rate. Oh, is this like as people are like aging out of it? We're not replacing enough people as they retire? Exactly. So if you look at the average age of a plumber, they're usually around in their 50s and so. And you can see that the baby boomers are starting to retire out quickly. If you look at the overall workforce of every industry, about one third of our workforce is made up of millennials. So when over 50 percent, I think it's around 52 percent of plumbers are over the age of 45, you can see how that retirement age in, I guess, the next 10 years is really going to affect our workforce. Do you have any idea of when that started? When did people stop trying to apply for stuff? You can see if you go back into the 70s and 80s. Oh, it started that early. Yeah, it was pretty much called tear down period. And that's where the colleges and universities started to take a huge approach on high schoolers to bachelors. They had to tear down or change the perception of vocational and trade careers. There was a large portion that time of individuals going into the vocational and trade careers. They had to redirect. Well, you can't redirect unless you change perception at a mass level. When I went to school, I just remember hearing nonstop. It's like, you got to become a doctor. You got to become a lawyer. You never really heard trades. Did you hear any of that when you were in school? Oh my gosh, all the time. Now go back to high school. Remember workshop. What was your opinion, everybody else's opinion on people who were in workshop or taking that course? Oh, that's a great point. I don't want to say it, but you had like, oh, why aren't they smart enough to be in any so of the So the teardown of the 70s and 80s was successful based on your perception and mine. Because of course, at my high school, there is that same perception. Is there so much prestige to doing AP classes, mm -hmm. which in many cases, not a lot of people end up using their AP subject matter. But if we take a look at high school in general and the, the curriculums and the way we've gone nationwide with educating our youth, you can see that there's a lot of standardized testing. What's a big problem with standardized testing? The biggest issue is you're taking so many types of minds mm -hmm. and so many types of ways of critically thinking because every individual is different, right? Yeah. And they all have innate a different way of perceiving things, critically solving things, or you've got mechanical minds, you've got book minds, you've got memorizing minds, you've got all kinds of yeah. minds. Well, you're funneling them all into this one type of standardized testing. You're expecting every individual to perform in the same way or to value the same things or to perceive in the same way. I think you've got two main categories in my mind. You've yeah. got the academic and then you got the vocational or trade. And I don't think we're building up both of those avenues. So I'm kind of curious about that. What effect did the teardown have on, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but do you think the teardown had an effect on people's family businesses where the kids and the grandkids went off and did not stick with the trade? So if you look back, and this is even from my own personal experience, I'm the son of a plumber. He comes from a family who has several other plumbers in it. And he was starting his family in the late 80s. 
So what did he want for his kids? Academia. <laughs> okay. So I think even my backstory attests to what's happening now or the effects of what happened in the 70s and 80s. And a lot of millennials today were raised by parents who grew up with that teardown mentality to where they wanted their kids not to go in vocational, but they wanted them to be quote unquote educated and get their bachelor's or go to college. So wait, what's your major in then? I have a major in biology and a minor in business management. There we go. Now, if I'm clever <laughs> in uh, talking off, I can make that work for me because I got water treatment as a service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I got the biology chemistry. You can talk about the microbes that are in yeah, the water. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And actually I can. I can get into that a little bit. But ideally, I was on a path to become a veterinarian. And then I went and interned for veterinarian. I quickly learned that I didn't want to be 60 years old or 55 years old and being swung around by a racehorse because it's a very dangerous job. (laughs) Their horses weren't like my horses. They had no manners or ground manners. And when you're a vet, you deal with whatever comes in the door. And I didn't want to do that. So I picked up a minor in business management. And that's kind of the path that went. Have you thought about how do you turn this around? Is it too late for millennials? Do we need to focus on millennials' kids to rebuild the trade work? There's so many different ideas and thoughts on how to accomplish this. But I think where we need to start is changing the minds of the millennials, not so that they go into trades, but so that they raise trades. Mm. This is something I don't know if it bugs you or not, but I think everyone's always surprised when they find out that trade workers actually have a really decent wage. Well, I think it goes back to perception. What do you equate wage to? Intelligence. What do people equate trades to? Second-class jobs, which would be less intelligent, but that's so not true. Where did the perception go? It's like this studio in particular, someone had to build it. Someone has to maintain all that kind of stuff. You can be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't have a working toilet, you're not going to be thinking straight. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't have like a fridge that works, like you're going to starve to death. It's like. Exactly. Do you have to make people stop and go like, hey, what are the things you're taking for granted? You're taking trade work for granted. So here's what I want to do. I want to get into a grassroots level. Tri-County Pumps is offering 100% trade tuition for individuals who are coming out of high school and they're wanting a good solid career or an individual at any age who's looking to change their career path or an individual who has been in the career for ages and they're just looking to get licensed. So I think we're all inclusive Mm -hmm. for anybody. And I think if more companies like us were to provide 100% tuition, there's a huge part of the battle right there. Because if I can produce two licensed tradesmen a year and I can have six or seven local competitors doing the same thing, and we can all create a culture and morale within our companies that created retention, then Washington, Frederick County alone would have its own little workforce rebuilt. Whatever, boom, yeah. That's a grassroots level. That's just an idea. That's not changing perception of the next generation. That's just providing an avenue for the ones whose perception has already been changed. How would I change perception? I would get into elementary schools. I would get into middle schools. I would get into high schools. And I would partner with the public school system and see if they will do an awareness day to where we can have tradesmen come in and actually talk to the students. Because if they see me walk in 
young and excited about the career, then maybe they could be excited too. But not only that, maybe I could debunk some of these myths. What are some myths that you have about plumbing or tradesmen in general, electricians, masonry? Well, that you wouldn't enjoy the work, that when you enter someone's house, they're not going to trust you, that you wouldn't be making a lot of money, that you do that as like a stopgap job, not as a career. Let's talk about Georgetown University. They came out and said there are 30 million jobs that pay an average of $55,000 per year. And if you look at career, vocational, and tradesmen or technical education, individuals with those types of education are more likely to be employed over their academic counterparts right now. There's an overflood of academia and there's not enough vocational or trade. So they're grabbing up most of these jobs. But when you have 30 million jobs that pay an average of 55000 per year that don't require a college yeah. education, <laughs> we need to find a way to get the word out there that the salary is actually more on average for a tradesman than it is for an individual with their bachelor's. But not only is it more, mm-hmm. but you're also getting your trades license without the student debt. What is the trade path? How long is like a trades program? Do you get like licensed? Like how long is that process? Could you be out in the workforce well before anyone ever gets out of college? Absolutely. Actually, you're in the workforce while you're getting your license or certification. I'll talk about plumbers because I I know that Mm -hmm. avenue a little better. Once you start on a job, you're an apprentice. You can file with State of Maryland, get your apprentice license. And then it's about four years. Then you can go and you can test for your journeyments. And it's a couple more years of working on the job under a licensed master plumber. And then you can go and take your master plumbing exam. You're in the workforce the whole time. You're earning a salary the whole time. But all the while, all your hours worked are going towards your ability to qualify you to take these exams like the journeyman's and the master's. But then you've got a bachelor's. You can go get your bachelor's in, what, four years? It's really tough because, what, the average individual graduates from college with, what, $100,000 student debt? How long does it take to pay that off? That's a mortgage. Yeah. And it's crazy because tradesmen are coming out on average nationally around 50 grand a year and they don't have student debt. Some of them might have some, but what, you pay like $1,800 a year for four years or you don't go to trade school and you do all your hours on the job. To me, that's kind of crazy because when you look at it that way, like if you wanted to do like an ad about this, you'd be like, when you talk about the traditional degreed education, that sounds like gambling to me now. Like Russian roulette or something like that. Why are you going to take the risk that you're going to put yourself into more debt than you probably could pay off in a lifetime for four years of not doing anything when you could just start working, when you could start living at a certain point if you did a trade job? Well, it's totally true. And, you know, the funny thing is tradesmen actually have a very fulfilling life. There is more physical labor or demand in that type of job generally. But when you get to go out and you get to build things with your hands and put things together and you get to step back at the end of the day and actually see a structure become tangible and you know you're a part of that, there's a lot of pride in that. A lot of other jobs, they have the same gratification thousands thousands of student loan dollars later, but some of them aren't as tangible. When you're a tradesman and you're licensed, you can work for someone else or you can just as easily open up your own business. How many other career paths that require a degree allow individual to go and open up their own business so easily? 
I don't think there's a lot. It's not like teachers go and open their own school. It's not like the end course of me being a DJ. I'm not going to own my own radio station someday. It's a huge selling point, and I say selling point. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm try- of course I'm trying to sell everybody on going to trade school or getting a, a trade license, but it's something that's often not considered is the path for self-employment is so much more obtainable through trade than it is through career options. And that's funny because that sounds, not to sound overly poetic on the whole thing, but that sounds more in line with the basic idea of the American dream. Like the you own a house, you get all that kind of stuff. Instead of the walk into a fast food place, there's probably someone with a bachelor's degree working a register right now. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big old crying shame. Well, it is. And, and, you know, you hit up another point there. The American dream. What was the ultimate American dream? It was the little house with the white picket fence and you're a homeowner. Well, now millennials, a lot of Gen Xers and definitely the next generation coming, they've replaced the traditional American dream with student loans. Why aren't people more excited about that, where you can own your own business or you can maintain your own stuff or just having tangible skills? Why aren't we more excited about the person that can actually, when something breaks in their house, they can fix it? It's the stigma. It really is a stigma. And, you know, it's funny because as the trade industries develop, the technology with them are developing also. For example, the plumbing industry is getting a lot more technology added to it. You've got water heaters on apps. Here's something that we've done for a very long time, and that's constant pressure systems. So what they've done is they've taken the traditional well system and they condensed the size of the pressure tank, which is generally from 24 gallons up, but they condensed it to about 5 or 10 gallon pressure tank. And then there's this control panel and it reads the constant pressure and maintains the constant pressure. So no matter what's running in your home, whether it's a washing machine or you've got multiple faucets or a couple people taking a shower, you maintain the, the same constant constant pressure at each point of use. Oh, that's rad. Here's another one. You know what? This is pretty cool. I really like this one. People are able to have an app on their phone and they're able to constantly check the static level of their water table in their well. Because, you know, a lot of wells run dry easy or you can't run your sprinkler system without fear of running your well dry. Not everybody has that problem, but there's quite a few people that do. So now there's an app out where you can constantly check the static level of your water system. So if you're away on vacation for two weeks and it's in the middle of the summer, you can make sure that you can turn your sprinkler system on and off (laughs) and not worry about running your well dry where you're gone. And then, you know, you run your well dry, you burn your pump up. There's all this cool high-tech technology that's being added into the plumbing industry. You've got to have the same types of, I don't like using the word intelligent because I think everybody's intelligent. Everyone's heard the phrase street smart, people smart. It's a lot more complicated than that. And for whatever reason, the respect is for whatever reason not disseminated at the same degree too. That's right. Society lays its respect where it feels it's worthy. I guess what my point is, is plumbers are adapting Mm -hmm. to the technology and the trade industry has career paths like plumbing that are becoming more and more interesting because of the technology and because of the training that's involved to work on these systems. So you can equate some of these skills to the same skills an IT person would have or an engineer would have. I think when you just go ahead and classify a plumber, electrician or or whatnot as an unintelligent or secondary form of career, that's just crazy. One of the things I really love on this podcast is talk about reinventing your life, re-kickstarting your life, it's probably never too late to 
pick up a trade skill, right? You can become an apprentice at any age if you're willing. Any age. If you want to make a change and you want to change your career, think about trade industry. Is that's another thing. It's like I think I read that retail is one of the biggest growing jobs, but that's not something that you can't really support yeah, a family well, in retail. Well, well, let's look at that. I believe the average age of store retail is around 24 or something like that. It's pretty interesting. 24? It should be in the teens. The average age for an individual working in a shoe store is 24 years old. Oh, man. I don't want to talk down on the shoe store person, but it's like that's a perfect high school job. That's the thing. We've, as a society, we've changed. You go back to the 70s and 80s, shoe stores, small retails, convenience stores, they were operated by uh, teenagers and high schoolers. Those were jobs. Like, you know, a teenager would go to a fast food restaurant and they'd get a job and they'd work there. But since that teardown, things have kind of scaled oddly. You know what I mean? Because instead of going and getting your degree and moving on to a career choice, it's the saturation levels become so high that they're graduating college and then they're going and getting these jobs that typically would probably be for a high schooler because there really wasn't the job opportunities out there for them. This is a difficult situation. At a certain point, I think to a degree, it might be a little bit of desperation because when you go through the college system, your whole focus is on getting a major or a degree in something. There's no end goal for when you get a degree. The degree is the goal. That stops being important the moment you get out of college. That's the weird thing, I think. It's like you're not taught to apply the things you learn. Well, it's probably because a lot of education systems are producing tuition and mm -hmm. they're not producing individuals revenue rather than creating a curriculum that can provide an avenue to produce an individual who's actually successful and influential in society. Everything's about connections and who you know at the 100%. end of the day. Well, the students should be aided in finding those connections prior to graduating so that they can obtain the job that they're looking for or be successful or even yeah. have any practical implication of degree they have. I'll agree with that a thousand percent. Look at me. I'm a radio DJ. been in the radio industry for 12 years. My degree is in history and education. It's interesting. I couldn't get a school placement. They didn't have a high school lined up for me. So I had an aunt that advertised here and said, oh, they're looking for interns over at this radio station. Applied, got an internship here, and that's how I ended up getting my career. I have no background in radio or any of that kind of stuff. The things that I could apply is I did theater, so I'm dramatic like a radio person needs to be, and I have a computer background. So I took to when they were modernizing radio at the right time. It's that weird way, the weird way that life works out. It's funny how life will take your circumstance and drop you right in place. Joke question. What role does plumber's butt play into all of this? Oh, my gosh. That's the biggest misconception. Yeah. <laughs> Plumbers are known for their butt crack. How crazy is that? But, I mean, it's not crazy, I guess, because you could probably name a few plumbers where they let their butt crack hang out <laughs> a little too much, but I don't think it's intentional. When you talk about public perception, it's like I think of an SNL skit they made about that, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know there's always a little bit of truth in every joke or it wouldn't be funny, right? <laughs> when you talk about pride too, if you're a plumber or a trade worker, you could drive through a neighborhood and be like, that house is standing because of me. That place is like, okay, because of that. I did something in there. Like you could be like, the only reason this neighborhood isn't on fire, flooded, or a complete like wasteland is because of me and like through other people I but know. There's so much pride in that. I know a lot of individuals in the industry, building industry, they love to take you down a tour of the things that they've had a hand in or a finger yeah. in. And at the end of the day, if you love your job and you have pride in what you do, it's a life worth living.
Exactly. You see all these people, it's like, I don't want to work at nine. I don't want to be at a desk. It's like, if you're a trade worker, you'll be at a different place every day. You'll be all over the place. You get to travel. You get to go around. It's different like different schedule, different things going on. You know what? I said something about life worth living. Yeah. That could take us into an avenue of families. Have you seen the scale, the difference, how maybe 15, 20 years ago, individuals or couples were settling down and having families in their mid-20s, early 20s? Can you see how it's shifted up into having families closer to the 40s? Do you think there's anything to do with education? on a wide scale with that because you go to school, you you spend four years getting your bachelor's degree, you graduate, there's not necessarily a job available, then you got to spend time trying to find the job and then you end up spending time trying to anchor yourself into a career mode and build a career and by the time that happens, you're 10 years later than your parents or your grandparents were at actually having a family and does that speak on quality of life at all? I mean, I don't know. It's like I'm single and 32. When my dad was my age, he had me. Like I've already crossed that that inflex point of where mm-hmm. my father already had a baby me. I spent all my time working all that kind of hustle. It's like you have a lot of millennials that are probably in the same case where it's like you're totally right. Your adulthood starts later because you spend more time schooling. It starts a lot later. Okay. Yeah. So there's this new study out, right? The study was based on income. Who had the highest income? What was the common factor among a huge, wide, vast range of people? It was something that they couldn't quantify, they couldn't necessarily describe, and they couldn't measure. So they called it grit. Grit. Because you could have the best grades in the world through school. You could be the most committed to doing your daily schedule, have the highest IQ. IQ does not equate to salary or income, by the way, which I think that was part of the teardown effect in the 70s and 80s. Being able to have balance would be something that people should really... Balance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I think that's something that millennials are probably searching for the most is balance. And you can't find that in certain careers. It'll never be that. You really can't find that in today's lifestyle because society has so much thrown at you on a daily basis. You got your cell phones, you got Facebook, you got social media, you got emails, you got phones, you got text. You've got so many avenues of communication, so many avenues of throwing information at you that how are you supposed to find balance when you've got the capability in the palm of your hand to work 24-7? I think that's the scariest part of life. (laughs) Well, man, oh, man. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about this subject. It's like an awful lot to think about. And it's a lot of generalities to think about. We talked about a lot of general things and general ideas, but I can tell you if you're looking for a career choice at any age or any point in your life, or you're looking to switch careers, consider a trade because there are jobs out there. The cost of education is considerably lower than going back to college. And there's this huge need for it. And I can tell you, here's a huge indicator as how much so there's a need. Community colleges, I've noticed that they're starting to offer certain trade curriculums or vocational curriculums because if they're offering it, you know the need is coming because they're taking advantage of earning a tuition or an income off from it. Truck drivers. You can learn to be a truck driver at a community college now. They know just as well as anyone that there's a need for it. And maybe getting a community college is on board and offering curriculums is within the first step of changing perception. Boys and Girls Club, one of their big new pillars is to start offering trade work. 
and trade skills for their high school. That's amazing. So that's that's I love that idea. That's one of the cool things. I, I interviewed them a little while ago. They had three big things they're excited about in this upcoming year, and that's one of the main pillars of where they're expanding. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for more information on trades and Merit Shopper or yeah. the workforce, go to Associate Builders and Contractors, ABC. They've got a great trade school up in Hagerstown. They can help just give you all kinds of information. I got to say another thing that just occurred to me when we were talking about all this. When people talk of the arts, they love the arts. I love how much the arts are growing in Frederick. Next time you go to a play, next time you go to a show, thumb through the pamphlet, you're going to see a lot of trades businesses are the people that are putting money to make sure that those shows are. Those are the patrons. You know, that's so funny because it is a lot of trade industry businesses that are sponsoring and supporting a lot of our community events and stuff. That's interesting. That's the backbone. (laughs) Yeah, I actually haven't looked at it that way myself. I wrap up all my interviews, conversations with the exact same question. What has you excited about the future? What are you looking forward to? I can tell you I've had this inner excitement all year last year about 2018. The year of 2018, for some reason, I felt like it's going to be like one of the best years ever. Oh, that's great. And maybe it's me just finally finding my rhythm and figured out what it is that I want out of life, out of career, out of everything. And I feel like all the puzzle pieces in my life are starting to fall together. And I'm just really excited about that. That's the best. That's the best. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yep. Thanks, Pat.